Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As we are here on the 25th, excuse me, 25th of June, July, 25th of July, 2022, to talk about everything that went down tonight on Monday Night Raw. Overall, I thought it was a decent show. Nothing like extra great, nothing really bad or anything, and nothing, let's, let's see how... Nothing felt different-ish. Like, it was weird the way the show started. And it made me think, oh, man, this is going to be different. This is going to be different. And then it was just another episode of Raw. And not in the, another episode of Raw where it was bad. It was just, oh, okay, this doesn't feel different yet. It was a weird way to open the show. But other than that, the show doesn't feel different yet. Uh, Dan the Man says, the new Triple H creative era has blood in some of the matches. No. That's called accidentally bleeding, not bleeding on purpose. So, no, that could have happened if Vince was still in charge, if we're being honest. Like, Montez bleeding from the bridge of his nose up here, that could have happened if Vince was still in charge. That wasn't a, oh, Triple H called for him to bleed. No, no. Now, we don't know how bad Montez is. Montez was bleeding pretty good. I don't know if it's a bloody, a broken nose, if he just got cut open, what? So, hopefully he's okay. He's bleeding pretty good, like I said. But, we'll see. We will see. and We will follow that to see if we can find anything out about Montez Ford. I do know that um, at one point in the match, the Usos rolled him out of the ring and doctors checked on him. I don't remember if he did anything further than that but I do remember them pushing him out of the ring so that he can get checked on so if we do hear or see anything else on Montez Ford we will let you guys know but with that it's the final show before SummerSlam we're going to get into all that but I want to say thank you if you're watching live twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching later whether that's youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. Also remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and i greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, Dan the Man, this was not like the Jericho injury. Because Jericho really wasn't bleeding that bad. As bad as Montez Ford was. I didn't think about it at all. Other than the ref said, oh, Ford may have broke his nose. Other than that, I didn't even think of the Jericho stuff. But if you do follow us on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Also, remember, you can get all those perks when more directly support us by heading over to patreon.com 
forward slash PW Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether that is claiming the free games or getting bucks on Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys. It's going to ask if you have a creator code. Use it, check out, and you do. It's right here. It's PW Unlimited. Again, that is code PW Unlimited at checkout. With that, pop that off, pop that off, and let's talk about Monday Night Raw. So we get the now, then, forever, together. And it, it does the whole thing. Excuse me. Like I'm going to burp really bad, but it's like not coming out. So we get the whole now, then, forever, together. But then they don't go into a raw intro. It's just the Miz. Excuse me. Oh, I got this. Hold on one quick second. Let me take a drink and see if I can get that burp out. Oh, there we go. There we go. So, they cut straight to The Miz and Logan Paul brawling in the ring. And officials run down. Um, you know, producers run down. They're all trying to break the two up. Things quickly settle down. They show clips of Midge, Miz charging out to the ring before they went on the air. Because Paul called him out. And I'm like, what? This felt weird. Why would Logan Paul be calling the Miz out before the show even started? Because if if we're thinking of this as real, like real life, not storyline scripted, shouldn't they be mad at Logan Paul for jumping the gun and going out there before the show even started? You know what I mean? So this was like, it was different, but it was weird and didn't make any sense. Because it's not like... Oh, Logan Paul's impulsive TV was supposed to start the show and this happened. No. Now, if that was the case, that would be different. Then this would make sense. Kind of. You could have been like, oh, well, Logan Paul's impulsive TV was supposed to start the show and he was supposed to already be in the ring when the show went live. Like you've seen with Miz and Miz TV before where Miz doesn't even get an intro. He's just ready in the ring. This is Miz TV. Da, 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 da. But that wasn't it at all. That wasn't it at all. So it was very weird, this whole thing. But everything calms down. And then out comes the bloodline. Out comes Roman, Usos, and Paul Heyman to actually kick off the show in Madison Square Garden. They received a mixed reaction, including some chants and boos for Roman Reigns. Reigns told the MSG crowd to acknowledge him, and they did. Rain said that he didn't feel like talking anymore, so he handed the mic over to the wise man, Paul Heyman. The mic cut out as Rain spoke, and again as Heyman spoke. Heyman said, you must have a sound guy from New Jersey or something out here. Heyman then said, quote, we want your name written down. You're the next one out the door. There are a couple of Vince McMahon reference and jokes in this segment. So Heyman said that Sunday would mark 700 days of Roman Reigns as the champion, but he knew that Brock Lesnar wanted to end Reigns' party. Heyman noted that Lesnar ended Randy Couture's party when he was on top in the UFC. Lesnar 
ended the Undertaker's party by ending the streak, and Lesnar ended John Cena's party by taking John Cena to Suplex City when he was at his peak. <clears throat> Heyman then mentioned notable streaks in sports, whether it be the Red Sox versus the Yankees or the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, you wouldn't think about Lesnar alongside Reigns' name anymore after Saturday. He said it was time for Lesnar to go back to Saskatchewan and slaughter some hogs. In there, he said this will be their final match against one another. Reigns would finally rid himself of Brock Lesnar and the crowd chanted for Suplex City. Theory interrupted, and he repeated his plan for SummerSlam again, wanting to cash in on whoever the champion was. Reigns told him, hey, you're coming out here? You talking a big game? Well, why are you right there? Come on, get in the ring with me. Acknowledge your tribal chief. There he was, defensive and apprehensive at first, but eventually did get in the ring. Reigns told Theory, analyze the situation. No one's here to save you anymore. Your daddy ain't here anymore. Crowd popped huge and chanted, daddy's boy, daddy's boy. And then Roman goes, and you know, when you do try to cash that in, you know who's going to be your daddy? And the crowd starts chanting, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? And Reigns goes, you're going to fail your cash in. I'm going to be your daddy. He's like, the garden belongs to me. Because the bloodline were walking out. Roman got out of the ring. Usos passed Austin Theory, and Jay kind of smacked Theory on the back of the head. Theory responded by hitting Jay with the briefcase. Uh, Jimmy and Jay tried to jump Theory, but Roman actually held, held them back before they can go after Theory. Reigns kind of settled everything down. So Theory was still in the ring after the break and was introduced to the live crowd. Before he could say anything really much, he was interrupted by Drew McIntyre. And I'm like, okay, this must be some sort of a match. And so they go nine and a half minutes to a DQ. Nine and a half minutes to a darn DQ. McIntyre hit a future shock DDT and set it for the Claymore kick. But Theory rolled outside of the ring. McIntyre went after him and dropped him on the announce table leading to a break. Theory briefly took the advantage after driving McIntyre into the steel steps. But McIntyre came back with a vertical suplex and a spinebuster for a two. As McIntyre set it for a claymore again, Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch would run down and cause a disqualification. As they were trying to attack McIntyre, Bobby Lashley would run down to make the save. McIntyre and Lashley cleared the ring. Theory tried attacking from behind with a briefcase, but they chased him away. This then led to a tag team match that started during the break. It was Bobby Lashley and McIntyre against Theory and Sheamus. Match went, I want to say, well, what we saw on TV was 12 and a half. I don't know how much actually took place during the break. So it could have been 13, could have been 13 and a half, could have been 14. So the match started during the break, like I stated in Sheamus. Was amused by McIntyre, chopping theory, but he used a distraction to knock down McIntyre and take control. The crowd chanted, we want Bobby, as Sheamus faked a tag to theory. McIntyre headbutted Sheamus before tagging in Lashley. <clears throat> Lashley gave Sheamus a delayed vertical suplex before giving Theory a flatliner. Lashley went for a spear on Theory. 
And he went uh, through the barricade, but Sheamus clocked him with a right knee. Butch and Holland tried to attack McIntyre, but McIntyre caught Butch and suplexed him onto Holland. Referee then kicked them out ahead of another break. Uh, they briefly had the heat on Lashley until he made the hot tag to McIntyre, who hit Theory with a set-out spinebuster for a two. Lashley made a blind tag and gave Theory a chokeslam, but Sheamus broke up the cover with a flying knee strike. McIntyre wiped out Sheamus, but Sheamus poked his eye and gave him the white noise on the outside. Theory set up for a finisher, but got distracted by Dolph Ziggler, who suddenly appeared at ringside, so Lashley applied the hurt lock for a submission victory. So, cool. Kind of a flat finish, if I'm being honest. Ziggler just appears. All of a sudden, Theory's like, it's Ziggler. Like he saw a ghost or something, and then he gets tapped out. Cool. Theory goes to walk to the back. He's walking up. He poses with his briefcase, and clack. Super kick by both Usos. Reigns then placed the briefcase, briefcase on his chest and sarcastically reminded him, don't forget to bring that on Saturday. WWE then played a cool video package for Rey Mysterio. We heard great words about Rey from JBL, Kurt Angle, Kofi Kingston, Batista, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and even John Cena. There's clips of Rey's early times on SmackDown, like when he wiped out Christian and Lance Storm, and I want to say Test as well, jumping off the top of Steel Cage, Rey winning the 2006 Royal Rumble and the World Championship at WrestleMania 22. They also showed Rey and Dominic winning the tag titles. Ray, Domali, and Angie then showed up to the building as we get to the second hour. Cryptic Edge video, but no edge tonight. Ziggler then told Kevin Patrick that Theory has risen fast, but hasn't done anything to earn it. AJ Styles approached him and basically agreed with him on Theory. Alpha Academy then showed up to mock both of them and challenge them to a match. Styles looked at Ziggler and goes, yeah, we can accept. We then had the Rey Mysterio 20th anniversary celebration. Ray and Dom made their way out to the ring as the crowd was chanting, Thank you, Ray. Ray mentioned having his first match at the age of 14 in Tijuana, Mexico, and never imagined back then that he would perform in a WWE ring, travel the world, make money, and create legendary rivalries for the crowd to enjoy. Ray said guys his size were not part of the business were, were not part of the business back then, but he broke the blueprint of what a superstar could actually be and look like. He said a smaller guy. And he said he's a smaller guy and a proud Latino who went on to win the world title. I said, I need to thank some people throughout my career, like Dean Malenko, like K-Dog, who's actually Conan, which really Conan may be the most influential person in Rey Mysterio's entire career. If you want to be completely honest, Conan's the one that brought the smaller luchadors to America and got them noticed got them in front of Eric Bischoff, which then got them into WCW, which then got them onto Nitro, which then eventually got him to WWE. Well, I mean, if we're being completely honest, he thanked Dean Malenko, he thanked K-Dog, Conan, he thanked Batista, Kurt Angle, Edge, and of course, Eddie Guerrero. But if we're talking, who's the most influential person in all of Rey Mysterio's career, it's Conan. And Conan really is influential for getting a lot of the, not just cruiserweight luchadors to America, but a lot of just the luchadors noticed in America. It was Conan that was like, you know, he broke into the American 
wrestling scene. Got noticed by a lot of people, Vince McMahon early on in the early 90s and whatnot. And then started being like, hey, I can bring these other guys in. These other guys are really good. These other guys are great. If you like me, you'll like them even better. But for all the crap people give Conan, Conan did a lot of good for a lot of people in the 90s. He got a lot of people work. He got a lot of people recognized. And in doing so, paved the way for the luchador style and luchador wrestlers to be working in America nowadays. But the crowd started chanting for Eddie and Ray choked up as he as he told Eddie how much he missed him. He thanked Eddie for always watching over him. Ray said he was humble and appreciated the love and support from the fans who have given him everything over all these years. Ray said it meant that much more to be able to celebrate with his family. Crowd chanted, you deserve it. Ray thanked Angie and Aaliyah for always being there for him. He thanked Dominic and told him how proud he was of him. He said that he knows when his day comes where he's not going to be here anymore, that Dominic will be here. To represent the Mysterio family and the Mysterio legacy to the fullest. Ray then thanked the fans again for always accepting him and for the most awesome 20-year career. Even though it's more than 20 years and not all of those 20 years were spent in WWE. It was like he debuted in 2002 but then left in what? 2011? And didn't come back till 2018? Let me double check that. Ray Mysterio... Because I think he, I want to say he left in 2011. Um, 2015. Okay, okay. So, okay, here it was. 2011, he won the world championship. He did the stuff with John Cena. And, you know, they, they did all that stuff. Him and John Cena's the champions and whatnot. And then between 2011 and 2015, he had a lot of injuries. And he was on TV for a minute and then was out with an injury and then on TV and then out with an injury. So that's why I always remember, you know, like 2011 was the last time he had big, big success in WWE for the first, before he left the, you know, that one time, that, that first time or whatever. That's why, you know, from 2011, 2015, Ray was in WWE, but I feel like he didn't do a lot. He then went out and returned to AAA he worked Lucha Underground, actually did a match in New Japan in 2018, did more stuff for AAA, and then came back to WWE. Came back to WWE in 2018. Uh, Ray wanted to thank um, the fans here at the Garden who paid to come see him tonight. He spoke a little bit in Spanish and then said, Viva mi raza. Then they showed in the crowd, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Came from the crowd, they sarcastically clapped. And there we go. Um, Johnson740 says, I thought it was 2014. Um, no, Ray's... Well, I mean, Ray was injured in 2014. But his contract didn't... Ex so, Ray was injured in 2014. Out of action for a while. His contract then expired in February of 2015. And WWE officially announced the Mysterio's contract had expired and was ending their partnership, I guess you could say, after being together for 13 years. So you can say that. Uh, let me look something up really fast. Because I can get where you would say 2014. I do. I'm going to look something up. Let's go here. Let's go here. 
as we go. Let's check this. Nope, too far. So Ray's last match before he left WWE the first time was um April April 7th, 2014. It was a match against Bad News Barrett on Raw. But he was still technically with WWE till February of 2015. Contract expired and a month later he appeared for uh, AAA and then did a match with the Crash. So, I get where you could say 2014 because technically his last match before he left was 2014. But his contract didn't expire until February 2015. So Finn and Balor, or Finn and, no, and Balor, it's the same person. Finn and Priest made their way to the ring through the crowd. And that set up our next match that started during the break. The Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. Dominic tried to do a dive, but Priest caught him and chucked him into the barricade. Ray made a hot tag after a break and Priest and hit Priest with a springboard crossbody. Some kicks and a seated senton for a two. Priest responded with a thrust kick for a two of his own. Priest then tried a razor's edge, but Ray brought him down with a hurricane rana. As Ray set up for the 619, Balor made the blind tag and killed Ray with a clothesline. Balor follows up with a shotgun dropkick and a coup de gras. Dominic did break up the pin, though. Balor tried the Eddie Guerrero trick by chucking a chair at Ray before taking a bump. Dominic had the ref distracted, so Ray chucked the chair back at Balor and took the bump. As Balor pleaded with the referee, Ray dropped both members of Judgment Day on the ropes, and the Mysterios hit 619s. Ray gave Balor a frog splash and picked up the victory to a huge... Pop from the crowd. Uh, the celebration was nice. Finish of the match. Whole match itself, actually. Big thumbs up. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Then the near clips Titus O'Neil and Cody Rhodes with Brandy at the SBs and Cody winning best WWE moment. In the back, we got more of a Ray in the Judgment Day. So, Ray was, you know, he had his own room to celebrate the night. And Ray's extended family was shown celebrating in the back. Ray and Dominic entered the celebration. And Ray took a shot at tequila. Aaliyah had a gift for him. His original gear from Halloween Havoc 1997. Ray was surprised, asked where she found it. She goes, I had to do a little digging. He's like, I've been looking for this everywhere. All of a sudden, in would appear... Rhea Ripley. Aaliyah tried to stand to her and told her to back off. But it was a distraction. Because the Mysterios would attack. Rhea literally abducted Dominic. She grabbed Dom by the arm and just pulled him out of the ring. Or the room. And then pulled him out of another hallway. And then pulled him into the main concourse hallway or whatever you want to call it. And the Judgment Day beat them all down as they put Ray through a table. At one point during this beatdown, you can hear Balor yell, quote, it's not your anniversary. It's my birthday. I died laughing. I died laughing. Magmore says, I thought Ray let Santos borrow his gear. Well, first off, Santos Escobar would not have fit in that gear because Ray was way more skinnier. Santos Escobar would not have fit in Ray's actual gear. He just used gear similar. And Ray gave him, from what I always, from the story was, he asked Ray permission to wear similar gear. And Ray said, go, Ray said, go for it. 
So everyone's checking on Ray. Ray's put to the table. There we go. I, I love the line of, it's not your anniversary, it's my birthday. Because Finn is 41? I'll say Finn turned 41 today. July 25th, 1981. He's 41. We then had Bianca Belair and, and Becky Lynch, and honestly, it wasn't all that great. It was very... What's the word I'm looking for? By the books, Bianca Belair. Like, and I know people may not want to hear this, and maybe they don't care what I think, but I feel like Bianca's getting just smidgen uh, stale because now all of her promos are just running together because all she does is say the exact same thing. It's just, you know, I'm here and I'm the best, insert name of my opponent, because I am the roughest, the toughest, the fastest, the smartest. Like, that's all it is. And at, insert pay-per-view name here, I'm going to retain my title and remain the Raw Women's Champion. I, I feel like Bianca is kind of just like, and I don't know, spinning her wheels, just doing the same stuff over and over and over. I like Bianca, and I think she's great in the ring. She's got a great look and good presence and all that. But when it comes to her promos, they're all just blending together for me because they're all the exact same promo. It really, over the last month or so, it just seems like it's, here, just say the same thing you said last week, but change up a word or two. So, Bianca really didn't say much at first because Becky interrupted. Becky came down, and Bianca was like, she did the whole, eh, rough ass, tough ass, I'll beat you at SummerSlam because I'm the best, or whatever, you know. And before really much else was said, they started brawling and officials broke them up. There was really nothing to this segment. In the back, Sarah Schreiber asked Alexa Bliss about her upcoming match with Dewdrop. Bliss couldn't blame Dewdrop for asking for a rematch, but what she didn't understand was her relationship with Nikki A.S.H. Bliss didn't think that they seemed to be gaining anything from being friends and, and working together. Unlike her and Lily. She goes, Lily even makes her own money. I mean, Lily's number one on WWE shop. This thing got serious and informed Belair and Lynch that after SummerSlam, she is coming for the title. She wants the top spot. We then see in the back medical staff checking on Ray, in which Balor and Priest showed up to mock Dominic and they were chased away. But Ripley then booted Ray and wished him a happy anniversary. Dominic checked on Ray. We then had a four and a half minute match or so, maybe a little under four and a half. It was Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop. Bliss set her for a twisted Bliss, but Dewdrop, no, Nikki A.S.H. knocked her off the ropes. It didn't matter, though, because Bliss countered Dewdrop's power slam into a DDT and just pinned her. Not much happened in this four and a half minutes at all. Crowd was dead and didn't care about this match one bit. AJ Styles was in the back with Logan Paul. He told him, I like what you did with The Miz earlier. He said, I like what you've been doing here. And I like the things that you, you've been standing for. Like, I'm really trying to get Logan Paul over as a babyface. Dallas told Paul that he didn't really like him that much, but he likes what he's been doing. He goes, what? Maybe it's just because I don't know you that well. He's like, but I like The Miz even less. He then told Paul to do us all a favor and shut The Miz's mouth at SummerSlam and the two fist bumped. We then had Impulsive TV hosted by Logan Paul. Logan noted that he's an MSG, and next week, his brother 
will be fighting in MSG. Crowd booed big. He said that, that was next week. And tonight is Monday. And tonight is Raw. And tonight is the debut of Impulsive TV. It's like Miz TV, but I host it. So Miz, get out here. And out would actually come Maurice, carrying some sort of a purse. They're actually two big shiny balls. Plugged her show, Miz and Mrs., coming up after Raw, and then told Logan Paul, never speak of my kids again. Which, I'm like, wait, what do you say about your kids? I missed something there. I didn't hear him say anything about your kids, but okay, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. She also said, and this was kind of dumb, she goes, I don't appreciate your comments about my husband's genet. And you have Corey Graves goes, well, we all know English is not our first language. And she's sitting here going, Jen, 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 my husband's package. She said the Miz has average sized testicles. And Paul wondered who measured their, their testicles. Miz would then introduce music and said he measures his own testicles. He warned Paul that he was getting a big match and getting big match Miz at SummerSlam. Paul told him to shut up. Paul mentioned his balls again, so Maurice tried smacking the mic out of his hand. Paul said she had bigger balls than the Miz. Which is funny, because on the episode of Miz and Mrs., the first of the two that aired tonight, there was a spot where they go to Big Bear, California. They went to play in the snow with the kids, and their daughter, their oldest daughter, Monroe, is on a sled going down this hill and she hits a tree and smacks her face on the tree but then goes i want to try again you know and they were talking about how they're so proud of their daughter she got hurt she got knocked down but she got right back up and wanted to go again and maurice is like you know i'm worried about our match coming up at, at royal rumble but if my daughter can get over her fears and her worries then i can as well i need to grow a pair i need to grow a pair and i'm sitting here going that's interesting. After the whole ball stuff on Raw, now she's saying, I have to grow a pair, which is very funny. When he's like, your wife's got bigger balls than you. And then on Miz and Mrs., she talks about how she's got to grow a pair. Anyways, uh, Ciampa would then attack from behind, and he knocked down Paul. Paul tackled Miz, so Ciampa pulled him off, and they double-teamed him until Miz gave him a skull-crushing finale. There was a modest one-more-time chant, like kind of faint, and they wanted Miz to give him another skull-crushing finale, but Miz and Ciampa just stood tall over him. Not the greatest of segments. I really didn't like the whole, oh, that's my husband's Jenna. Don't talk about his Jenna. His Jenna tit. His Jen Jen. Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. Hey, don't talk about my husband's package. And I'm like, yeah, I could have done without that. I didn't need the porky pig. I didn't need the bidi 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 That's all, folks. I didn't need the porky pig. I didn't need the bidi 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 bidi, you know. In the back, Kevin Patrick interviewed the Street Profits and the Usos. Oh, and Jeff Jarrett, who's already wearing his referee shirt. Still between the two. He's like, I know tonight you guys are going to have a six-man tag, and you guys are going to have to interact and all this, but I need you guys to be cordial. I need you guys to be on your best behavior. I need you guys to go out there and, yes, have a match tonight. But if either of you, either of you teams get out of line, I will remember that. I will remember that. And I will make sure that you don't on Saturday or else. He's like, I got to keep the peace. Oh, there's a dog barking outside. It's bugging the crap. Anyways, Chad Gable told the New York City, 
not to boo an Olympian and not to boo a man with a master's degree who did it with a 4.0 GPA. He warned them that the island they live on would collapse to the bottom of the ocean under the weight of the human garbage. And that was just science speaking. I was kind of confused. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? He said Ziggler and Styles aren't even a real team and would fail just like the New York Knicks. Which is actually funny because later on, Street Profits came out in Street Profit jerseys like the Knicks. So, oh, wait, hold on. Someone just sent me a message. Do we have some breaking news? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me one second. I need to see something really fast. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, someone. Okay, I have to. Okay, I can't. I can't say this yet. Someone just told me something, but I have to look more into it after the podcast. After the podcast. So we had AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler against the Alpha Academy. It was seven and a half minutes. They went to break about a minute into the match, and the Alpha Academy took control during the break after Otis dropped Styles on the barricade. This was not a bad match. I, I really like this match. Ziggler made a tag, but was quickly cut off by Otis. Otis followed up with a Chaos Theory suplex. Gable tried a moonsault, but Ziggler dodged it and hit a super kick. When he does the moonsault and he landed on his feet, it's like he made the decision to land on his feet at the last second. I thought he twisted his ankle something fierce, but he was fine. He was fine. I, I, I The way he landed and then his leg kind of like twisted like on the calf ankle area, I go, oh man. Oh man. But then he's running around doing everything like he's fine. So hopefully um, Gable's fine. But he gets uh, super kicked. Otis broke up a pin. So Ziggler and Styles worked together to take out Otis. Styles then blocked a Gable suplex attempt, and Ziggler gave him a zigzag to pick up the victory. Uh, since Saturday says, is it good news or bad news? Well, if it actually happens, some may think it's bad. Well, most may think it's bad news. The announcers ran down the card for SummerSlam, and they also announced that officially at SummerSlam, we will be getting a no-disqualification tag team match as the Mysterios take on the Judgment Day. So, then it took forever for the main event to start. So, with 30 minutes left in the show, out came the bloodline. We go to a break a minute later, maybe two minutes later. Street Profits come out five minutes after, you know, after a three to five minute, or it was like a four to five minute commercial break. Riddle then comes out. Main event finally starts. About two minutes into the main event, we go to a break. Four minutes later, we come back. We get another five minutes of match. Three to four minutes of break, and then we go to the we conclude the main event. So it's like thirty minutes of stuff to get fifteen minutes of match, like fifteen minutes of nothing to get fifteen minutes of match. Where six of that was during a break. So they opened with the usual sequence. Ford wiped out the users with a flip dive which led to a break less than a minute or so in. Three minutes later, the match returns with the heels in control. Ford at one time, Ford at one point looks at Roman and yells, Acknowledge me! And briefly ran wild before Reigns cut him off with the Uranagi. 
Ford got busted open after getting his face smashed into the turnbuckle. And I go, huh, ain't the pad supposed to prevent you getting hurt from getting smashed into the turnbuckle? Okay. Okay. Bloodline continued to work over Ford after a commercial break. Reigns knocked Angelo Dawkins off the apron and set up for a spear, but a distraction allowed Ford to hit a blockbuster. Riddle eventually tagged in and handed out suplexes and sentons to Jimmy and Jay before wiping them out with a dive. Riddle then gave Jimmy a power slam, but Reigns had tagged himself in unbeknownst and hit a Superman punch. Uh, Magma Lord, that was... So it wasn't a nosebleed? Ford was basically, if, if, if I saw it correctly, there was one point where the camera zoomed right in on his face at ringside. He's laying on like the edge of the apron and you can see, like, let me pull my hat up. You can see his head's down like this and from about here, somewhere up here, you could see not a lot at one point, but you could periodically see like a, a drop of blood come from like right up here, right up in this area and it's dropped down. So he was bleeding from up here on the bridge of his nose. Uh, Ford broke up a cover here and took out Jay with a dive. Jimmy knocked down Ford with a suicide dive before Dawkins tackled the Usos both over the barricade, but Rain stopped Dawkins by slamming him face first into the announce table and then throwing him into the steel steps. Crowd popped big for Riddle, who, who caught Roman with a knee as he was getting back into the ring and then hit him with a draping DDT. However, as uh, Riddle was going for an RKO, this was a great reversal of the RKO. So Roman's getting up, getting up, getting up. And Riddle's over here. Rah, rah. He runs, jumps up in the air. And he's got, he's like out like this, doing the RKO. And Roman is literally holding him in the air as he's still in the RKO pose, like frozen statue. And then finally, Roman throws Riddle. He's still frozen in position and then just crashes down on his shoulder. That was freaking great. I freaking loved that. I loved that because basically Riddle was able to take his body and just statue freeze in an RKO pose for a good like 30 seconds. Then Roman throws him and he keeps the pose and then crashes down on his shoulder. He gets to his feet. Roman hits him with a spear, pins him one, two, three. Street Profits then kind of just disappear. And as Bloodline's walking up the ramp, out comes Seth Rollins. Crowd cheats this man like he is, well, their savior, which is what he told them he wanted to be in the first place. Their Messiah, their God. His music hits, and you just hear the whole crowd in MSG. Whoa, whoa. And he walks over to Roman and he starts laughing. Ha 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 ha. I'll see you later. And Roman looks at him and goes, You have fun over there. Something like that. And Riddle was in the ring, but Riddle gets out of the ring. Riddle's at ringside. Roman runs, or um, Seth beats him down for a second before giving him a stomp on the floor. Seth had also taken the steel steps. And so, let me see if I can, yeah, I can do this. So, he took one of the steel steps and set it like this. Within the steel steps with the V opening on it, he stuck it like this. So, the steps are sitting like this, basically. And he lays Riddle over the top steps. Goes over here, runs, and pff, stomps Riddle 
face first down on the steps. As he's laying over him like this. He's draped over him. Uh, actually, I can do this. I can visualize this for you. So pretend my watch is Riddle. So Riddle is draped. Uh, 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 I got this. I got this. I got this. Riddle. Say like, this is Riddle's head, right? The, the, the clasp here on my watch. Riddle is draped over the steel steps here. Oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. Oh, no, I don't got this. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to get this. We're going to get this. Ah, we still can't see it. There we go. There we go. So. Let's do this way. This was a flat surface. More for flat surface. So here's the first step. Here's the other steps. Here's Riddle. Riddle draped over the steps, his head here, Seth runs in, stomp. Riddle's just laying there completely dead, completely dead after the stomp on the steps. And that's how the show goes off the air with you now thinking one of two different things. Oh my God, is A, Riddle not gonna make it to SummerSlam? Or B, Riddle just not going into the match at SummerSlam at 100%. Which could it be? Is the big, 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 big question. I loved it. Because we don't get many cliffhangers at the end of a WWE show now and nowadays. Not many. And I think cliffhangers are always great. Leaving the fans guessing. Leaving the fans needing to see what's next to know, oh my god. Is that guy really hurt? Oh my God, is he going to make it to his match? Oh my God, how is he actually going to do in his match if he's actually hurt? If he's been, you know, just messed up by his opponent? I liked it. I liked it at all. And I liked Corey Graves. I think, no, I think it was Jimmy Smith. When Rollins came out, goes, oh, I thought we were going to go all show. No, it may have been Corey who said it. Oh, I thought we were going to go all show without seeing Rollins. Like they were like, they acknowledged that it's like, oh crap. You know, we didn't see Rollins at all tonight. So, uh, the show did have a great ending, and we'll see where it all leads to coming sum come SummerSlam this Saturday. With that, guys, that was Monday Night Raw. I thought it was a good show. Not great or anything, but I thought it was a good show. But now I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. Remember, you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Um, uh, Magmalore says, wasn't the last cliffhanger when Randy was in the ring in a fire angle with the fiend? Maybe. I mean, it's the last one that I can think of. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. No, I think after that. No. So it was before Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Challenged Roman for the title after WrestleMania. He had, it was similar to the night. Roman in the bloodline, Roman in the Usos, laid out Brian. So you're supposed to think, you know, in two days, Sunday, is Brian going to be at 100% for that match going in for the title? So that was the last one I can remember. Is they wanted you to think that Brian wasn't going into the match with Roman for the title at 100% because the bloodline beat him down. But first off, we need to check the polls. 
far as the polls do go. Twitch poll, 90% liked the show. 10% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 73% liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 7% did not like tonight's Raw. And finally, the YouTube community poll. 65% liked the show. 27% thought it was just all right. And 8% did not like Raw. Prince says, a great start to the new era with Triple H as head of creative. Prince said, it was a great show tonight. Prince said, they took NXT away, but Triple H gained Raw. I loved it. Great show. Prince said, it was okay. Going to take time for Triple H to get it back on track, but I'm curious. That's what I felt. No, we're not going to get big wholesale changes right away, but we'll see different things change here and there going forward. And I thought tonight's show was good. Or as the person said, okay. Not great or anything, but good. Another good comment here. Someone says, uh, same show as always. Don't expect everything to change in one week. Don't get your hopes up. Be realistic and patient. Exactly. Exactly. As far as what else you guys thought, let's check the text messages. This person says, with Triple H being named head of talent relations, does that mean he's running things creatively in NXT or the main roster? Well, head of talent relations does not mean he's running things. That means he's in charge of signing people and signing people to new contracts and this and that. But you were thinking head of creative. And no, he has head of creative. He has any say. I mean, he's got any say he wants as far as NXT goes. But he's in charge of the main roster. Shawn Michaels is head of creative for NXT. But again, Triple H has say over everything. Chris says, with Triple H in full control of Raw and SmackDown creative, could we see some of his guys return, like Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae? Very possible, yes. Very possible. But again, we don't know what Johnny and Candice want to do right now. We don't know what their plans are. If they want to go, I mean, eventually I assume they want to get back in the ring and wrestle. But when is the big question? That's all on them. Person said, did you notice any Triple H, Triple H influence tonight? Or do you think they're waiting till after SummerSlam? I think, honestly, even after SummerSlam, we're not going to see a lot. Maybe. But I think we're going to just slowly see the transition. I mean, we started to see it last week on SmackDown when Michael Cole called the fans fans and not the WWE Universe. Or says, I think AJ will back up Logan Paul at SummerSlam for Ciampa. Surprised he didn't come out to assist Logan when he was beaten down by both AJ and Ciampa. Well, let me go back to my notes and see the timeline here. Yeah, AJ was too preoccupied. He probably wasn't even paying attention. AJ was pre too preoccupied with his own match, getting ready for his own match with Riddle. I mean, not Riddle, with uh, Ziggler. This person says, but also with AJ being with Logan Paul at SummerSlam, I could see it. I mean, it's whatever. Uh, this person says, now that Vince is gone, what do you think they're going to do with Charlotte once she returns? I don't know. I don't know. Even if Vince was here, I'd say the same thing. I don't know. Probably put her back in the main event scene. About it. Other person says probably we could see Jake Paul helping his brother at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. No. No. 
we're not going to see Jake Paul at SummerSlam. We're too, too preoccupied getting ready for his match with Tommy Fury one week later. He ain't going to do it. Got too much on his plate. But this Tommy Fury fight's make or break for him. And no, Jake Paul would not have to be signed. Logan Paul worked a match at WrestleMania. Logan Paul was at two consecutive WrestleManias and not signed to the company. Shit. You think they signed Johnny Knoxville? You think they signed Snooki when she worked a WrestleMania match back in the day? No. They could bring somebody in that's not signed. They could bring in a celebrity that's not signed. But anyways, that is all we've got. I want to say thank you for joining me here. If you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. And I want to say thank you if you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. We will be back on Wednesday for the AEW Dynamite review on Wednesday evening. So with that, guys, have a great night, and I will see you back here next time. Have a good one, guys.